Hey, welcome to the Pass Control Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan, and in this week's episode, episode 99, we have, yet again, another special guest episode for you. This week we have none other than Max Berman. You may know him from We Are Fuzzy or Sleep Tight, Kit Bash 3D, or various other art that he's done for movies, TV, video games, you name it. Uh, but before we get into all that, a couple of quick things. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Goodnight Fatty. If you're in the Salem, Massachusetts area on a Friday or Saturday night from 7 to 11, make sure to head on down to Higginson Square and get yourself a delicious fatty. And if you're unaware of what a fatty is, you should check them out on social media at Goodnight Fatty and educate yourself. And when you do head down there, let them know Pass the Controller sent you. And as always, you can find us on the internet at PassTheController.io, on Twitter and Instagram at PassController, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash PassController. And be sure, when you're on iTunes, to leave us a review. Hit that five star, give us something nice, say something nice about us, and enjoy this week's episode, episode 99, special guest episode with Max Berman of We Are Fuzzy and Sleep Tight. Did you hear that, Dom? We've got a special guest. You do. Any idea who it is? No. Nothing at all? Dom? No idea. I was brought here under false pretenses. Have you ever watched TV or seen a movie or played a video game? No. We've been over this before. None of those things? No. Dom? I've, I've done some of the above. So there's a slight chance that maybe you've seen something that our guest, Max Berman, has worked on. Go on. You've, you've got me intrigued. All right. Well, without further ado, we do have Max Berman here. <laughs> What's up, guys? I, too, was brought here under false pretenses. Exactly. They always are. Everyone is. <laughs> it's, a, it's the old uh, dog and pony show. I don't think that's uh, what that phrase means. They'll elaborate. Like, what does right. that phrase mean? Not that. I think it's right. Well, you know, when in Rome. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, we're, that's what we're doing in the show. Okay, that's fine. Mike, have you ever been on this show before? Like, do you know what goes on here? I honestly couldn't tell you. Because I've never listened to it, and I wipe my mind out every single time I leave your house. It's fine, we do have to think of something, because we used the Who's the Boss theme last time. So. Oh, shoot. You guys okay. are clowns. Anyways, Max, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure to, uh, to finally get this in the books and have you on. I know we've been trying to schedule this for a while. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I'm uh, I'm super stoked to be on the show. Appreciate that. So before we get into the big thing, which is Sleep Tight, um, your like portfolio, your catalog of what you've worked on in, in your career so far is like one of the most impressive things that I've ever looked at. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know if you want to give like a light background on who you are. You know, obviously one of the creators of We Are Fuzzy and Sleep Tight, but, I mean, your career spans years prior to this and, you know, covers all different types of mediums. Yeah, so I, I come from a visual effects background, and uh, I've spent the last decade working in film and games and TV and commercials, kind of doing my rounds and trying to collect, uh, I guess, collect them all, get, um, you know, get the opportunity to work on um, you know, the best movies and games and commercial clients and all that noise. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my background. My specialty's always been designing the environments, 
Um, I always explain it in layman's terms is when you see the behind the scenes and you see all the actors in front of a green screen, uh, they send that over to me to design and paint uh, the background that they're going to swap that green out with, whether that's a destroyed city or an alien planet or whatever that is. Um, so, you know, I've spent the last decade designing worlds. So basically, for the listeners out there, if you've played or watched anything in the past, I don't know, 10 years, chances are you had a piece of it. <laughs> um, I, I, I think I've been very fortunate and, and gotten, gotten to work on projects that I've been very excited about, for sure. Yeah, I mean, just, just taking a like quick glance at some of the things that pop out. I mean, Westworld, Game of Thrones, uh, a game in the Halo series, Halo Wars 2, uh, which to me, that that's like... I'm a gamer. I love games of all t- of all different genres, all different types from all different companies. And the Halo series is one that's really dear to me. So, like the fact that you were able to work on that, and I, I know I read in your bio that you are also a fan of the Halo games. Yeah, I'm definitely a big fan of the Halo games. So getting to uh, you know work with Bungie on Destiny and then three four three on Halo Wars. Um, well, not three four three Assembly. Sorry. Um, but just getting to do anything in the Halo universe was super fun. Incredible, yeah. Um, yeah. Do, is there like a of all the stuff you've done in the past? Is there some something that's like the most dear to you, or something that you enjoyed the most doing for? Um, I'll give I'll give a couple. My favorite film I ever got to be a part of was a, a Spike Jones movie called Her. Um, it's just I'm born and raised in LA, and that movie is kind of this love letter to LA. Yeah. Um, so that for me, getting to, to design what LA would look like in the near future if we did everything right with an optimistic point of view. Um, for me, that's like the most special project I've been a part of. Um, in terms of total fanboy project, uh, I, Far Cry is one of my favorite series of all time. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I got to do Far Cry Primal and then came back for Far Cry 5. So those two, uh, fanboy-wise, uh, were probably... Uh, the things I was the most excited to be a part of. That's awesome. Yeah, those those are definitely. I mean, Far Cry Far Cry Five is is one of the better games I've played in a while when it comes to you know first person adventure games. Um, yeah, me too. I hundred percent of that game. Oh jeez. Uh, yeah, yeah. Every friggin' fish you can catch, whatever <laughs> BS that you had to do to get that little badge, I was uh, I was determined. You lived in your world for a while. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what uh what do you typically play on are you a pc guy are you xbox playstation you know it's it's uh it's sad to say because sleep tight is not on xbox but i've traditionally been a hardcore xbox gamer for most of my life listen there's nothing wrong with that we um, we all also play on xbox i mean i'm a big nintendo guy so i'm i'm always in that ecosystem the most but when it comes to my secondary platform it's always xbox yeah, it's funny, over the last uh, maybe year, since the Switch came out, um, it's kind of become my main console, especially because, like, you know, with uh, Sleep Tight and a lot of our other things, like, that I do in my career now, I'm on an airplane, like, at least two times a month, mm-hmm. uh, constantly traveling, so the Switch has now just become my main console because I can keep going and keep playing anywhere I go. It, it really is, like, it, it. that is the reason, like, the sole reason why it's become my, like most played platform in the past six months just because like i can do what i'm doing in the living room and then when i go to bed or go lay down i can continue that same adventure or if i go you know go somewhere i can continue that adventure whatever it may be um you know right now it's 
Octopath Traveler, which is eating up a lot of my time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the the fact that it works so well portably is revolutionizing the 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 industry for me at least because it completely changes how I spend my time playing video games. Yeah, and it and it's no longer just handheld games, right? Exactly. There used to be such a giant divide between like what's a console game, what's a handheld game, and that's just kind of gone now. It's it's pretty crazy to me too to see what some of these port studios are able to bring over to the Switch. I mean, you know, the fact that you look at a game like Skyrim that, you know, is has been on everything, but the fact that something like Skyrim can be translated onto the Switch with you know, relatively no difference between its counterparts. That's that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Also, I mean, just the indie scene in general, um, you know, a lot of the times to it takes quite a bit of commitment, I find these days, to like sit down in front of the t- TV on the couch for a, a, a ton of hours. And if I'm going to do that, then um, usually I'm going to go for like some big blockbuster game that like I've been waiting to play for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But the portability of the Switch makes me so much more, uh, I guess, open and and ready to jump on smaller indie games because a lot of the times I'm like, what's a game that I can play for a couple hours for a couple flights? And like, if I can get two airplane, two to four airplane rides out of a game, like it's a huge success for me. Um, and and so things like, not that it's a small game by any means, but things like Hollow Knight, um, oh, so good. It's it's incredible, but like I picked that up on Steam about like a year ago or a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I played a good amount of it, but it didn't suck me in. Uh, but having it on Switch, I've maybe tripled my time in on Switch alone, um, and it's just like for me, that's the perfect place to try out those those more indie titles for sure. And I mean, the other thing too is I feel like there's a lot of games like me being a primarily console gamer. I don't play a lot of stuff on my Mac. Um, but being a primarily a console gamer, there I feel like there's so many great indie games that I usually miss because they're locked on Steam, um, or you know maybe Steam and PS4. And I have a PS4, but I don't I don't really use it that much. Um, so the I feel like the Switch is now becoming almost like the preferred place for indies to bring their game at least first, um, or port games that came out you know in the last couple of years that were you know kind of locked to Steam or maybe. You know they were on other stuff but the fact that all these games i mean granted it's for a lot of reasons a lot of indie studios are seeing success or at least that's what people are saying um yeah just something like hollow knight or, or other games that undertale i cannot wait for that to come to the switch because i can't wait to dive into that um i spent yeah for me i'm picking up dead cells today literally i saw when that game came out i got so excited for it and i was like i just can't sit down in front of the computer and play it yeah um and i'm jumping on an airplane tomorrow so like i'm i was so happy to see that dead cells was coming out right in time for like my next flight that's perfect i've been uh i had a review code for dead cells for the past week and i've been playing through that game and it is phenomenal it is especially if you like hollow knight it's like hollow knight's great and nothing not a lot of bad things to say about hollow knight i feel like dead cells is like even better of that style of game awesome uh yeah i'm super excited for that yeah it's pretty it's pretty fantastic um so i guess other than hollow knight what else are you playing these days oh man i mean 
I've been playing a ton of Sleep Tight. <laughs> uh, Got to protect those leaderboard scores. Have are you like? Are you that good at the game? Because sometimes I feel like I talk to people who make games and they're not like like they're not always the best one in their team that is plays the game. Are you like of the people in We Are Fuzzy? Are you that guy? Oh, for sure, amongst the We Are Fuzzy team, I am the <laughs> reigning champion of Sleep Tight, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Okay. Um, that said, like, when the game came out, within 24 hours, someone shattered my record. Like, just shattered it. And uh, and I kind of knew that, like, you know, when, when this got out into the hands of the mass public, and when there were, you know, not, like, 20 of us playing this game, but thousands of people playing this game all of a sudden, that... Uh, we were going to see some things that we never thought of in terms of strategies. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just shocked at how quickly people shattered our records. <laughs> people, you put that challenge in front of people; they're hungry. They want it. Oh my god! Yeah, I I can't get in the first. I can't get in the top fifty on the leaderboards anymore. <laughs> I uh, I know that you guys did that that slumber party. Uh, was it a twenty four hour stream in Vegas? It was. Yeah. So we, uh, we partnered with Mixer and Caesars Entertainment in Las Vegas. Uh, we got a ton of pro gamers, streamers, YouTubers, and then like actors, actresses, pro athletes, anyone who like loved games. And we brought them all in for a 24-hour slumber party where we streamed the entire time leading up to the actual launch where we pressed the button live on the stream to release the game. That's so awesome. Uh, it was a ton of fun. Everyone was in their pajamas. We it was like set up with like beanbags and pillow forts and just like a really cool, intimate way to like celebrate the game's launch with a ton of people who were really excited about it and everyone just playing all night long and bantering and competing against each other, um, trying to get the, the the top scores of the leaderboard before everything went public. Oh yeah, that's that's pretty sweet. Were what? you in the top before everything went public? <laughs> I, I definitely was. There you go. Um, That's all I, that matters. Yeah, we had a couple truces, I will say, right. amongst me and a couple other people where it was like, hey, because every character in the game has their own leaderboard. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I was the top of, like, Dexter's leaderboard, and it was one of those things where, like, okay, if you're the top of Lynn's leaderboard, then I won't touch Lynn, but you can't touch Dexter. There you go. And we had, like, all these arrangements, there and you go. everyone had treaties with each other. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, whatever whatever keeps the score the way it is. Exactly. Um, no need to, to hurt the piece. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a, a preferred character you have to play with? Oh, uh, Dexter, for sure. Dexter, for yeah, sure. That's, that's my character. What's um, your uh, what's your go-to strategy, like on a level-by-level -level basis? I feel like so I'm super I, turret heavy. Ah, uh, see, I'm the opposite. I never build turrets or walls. Um I'm purely power-ups and weapons. That's why I like Dexter, because he gets a boost to his power-ups. Okay. Uh, so I like to play it as like a traditional twin-stick shooter and and not really do too much base building um, and more do the, the run-and-gun strategies. Okay. Maybe I should try doing a few runs that way, because I feel like I'm probably better at twin-stick shooting than I am at like tower defense. So maybe I should swamp up my my style here the, I'm I guess I'm just bad at managing my ammo too because I feel like if I don't have turrets going for me like I feel like I mismanage my ammo quite often yeah you know one of the things with sleep tight is we wanted to build a game that wasn't the traditional strategy game in the sense of I know my strategy going into this and I'm just going to do that strategy yeah it's it's more a reactive strategy where 
um, after every night, you're looking at where the holes are. Am I taking too much damage? Am I not outputting enough damage? Am I running low on ammo? Am I not collecting enough resources? Wherever your holes are, you're kind of patching those holes one by one based on how you're playing. Mm -hmm. So you have to react to your strategy to what happened in the round before. Okay. Uh, it's just, uh, I, I think one of the like common mistakes most people make, they run out of ammo right away. Uh, if you're always running out of ammo and maybe you're playing too much running gun, um, then you can upgrade kind of your ammo collecting abilities. Like you can get a looter power up so monsters drop ammo as well as like stars and health. Um, or you can get ammo scavengers so that every time you buy ammo, you get more per sun. Um, so if that's a constant problem, there's a lot of ways to shift your strategy to kind of react and solve that problem. Yeah. See, I feel like a lot of the, like, the things that I've read online, of people's reactions towards the game, I feel like some of the negative ones don't, like, it seems as though they looked at a very brief picture of the game and not all of this other depth that's there. Um, where there's, there's all of these things for strategy building, um, different play styles, and, you know, clearly there's some nuance to each character that I feel like might have been missed in, in some people's playthroughs of the game. It, you know, that's definitely true. And also, you know, I have to take into consideration that we're a small indie team and, and we didn't make a game that we went out of our way to create like something that would appeal to everyone. While the art style I, I hope is very accessible and and is family friendly, um, there's always going to be people who don't understand what you're trying to make yeah. or, you know, this game isn't really for them. I um, mean, at the end of the day, I feel like you guys made a game that you wanted to make. Which a hundred percent in that regard, like the people who appreciate those types of games are gonna appreciate the game because you guys, you know, put all of this effort into making this style of game, you know, the best that you guys absolutely could. Yeah, I think you know, for I, I totally agree, and this definitely we we made an uncompromising game, a game that like we specifically wanted that scratched an itch that we couldn't find somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And because of that, like, I I love Sleep Tight, and I'm so proud of what our team was able to accomplish. And there's honestly nothing I would have done differently. Um, you know, for maybe anyone who, like, didn't see the depth or the nuances of it uh, in response to that, I think, you know, that part of that has to do with the fact that we made a game that can be played very casually and has a surface level of just, like, pick up and play. Mm -hmm. Um, but we wanted to include really deep strategy and nuance to it for the people who really liked it and wanted to dig in deep and get competitive with it or push themselves with it um, or constantly be able to know that there's uh, a ton of tools in there that you can explore and mix and match um, to to maybe have that, that feeling where when you're done playing and you step away, you go, wait a second, what if I tried this instead and have it pull you right back in? Yeah, I mean, I feel like those are some of the bigger reasons that like a game like sleep type would keep me coming back is that i can like i i know that i've only just scratched the surface of what is there for me to to build strategies to get to get further and to beat my record which is not that great um and unlock more characters i mean all of those are the things that are like that's what would keep me coming back yeah to, to give you an example of like this was one of the big risks we took and something that I knew was not going to help our mass appeal, but was going to help the people who love the game. Um, we have five different game modes in this. Now, there's only one game mode that's accessible right off the bat. The other four are the hardest characters to unlock. 
which means that like if you're not super into this game you're never going to see another game mode and like that was a really really tough decision that we had to weigh and go wait a second if they don't like the game we're not showing them all the other stuff that we have here um and and then we really thought about like if we were gamers and really like thinking back in the day of like the games i grew up on when i got to the end of a game and then unlocked some secret or some new mode i was so excited about that mm -hmm. yeah. um, and and we wanted to reward the people who like this was a game for them and if you put um, six hours into it and then you unlock a new game mode I feel like that's so much sweeter and I'd rather reward that person than the person who comes plays one round goes meh that's not for me let me try out all the other game modes they play each one one time and go okay I'm good and walk away yeah that's not the person we're making the game for so we we kind of took that big commercial gamble of that whole thing and said you know what let's let's stay true to ourselves and the game that we want to make and and do this thing that clearly is not going to help help us when a reviewer is going to play this for an hour and then write write up something yeah um but hopefully that helps us build um the more hardcore dedicated cult following that we really want to see behind this i mean i if especially if you're looking to try to you know cultivate a hardcore you know following for sleep type that would be a thing that if i was sinking all these hours into it and i got to that point where a new mode unlocked or a new character that unlocked a new mode unlocked and i wasn't aware of it or maybe i was like i had an inkling but i didn't know what the mode was or something like that like that would like infinitely increase my level of love for the game <laughs> yeah that's i mean that's what we believed and and i i stand by it and um... and honestly i mean I, I i off the top of my head i can't think of another studio that's doing that in current current times yeah i don't know if it's the right move but luckily because we are an indie studio uh we're allowed to make those moves you have to make that shot yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and honestly, for me, I would much rather have a hundred people who put sleep tight in their top ten games of all time than like a couple thousand people who are like, yeah, that game was good. Yeah, that's fair. Um, especially since this is a passion project for us, yeah. you know. Yeah. We, so I, that's what we're going for, and um, who knows if it's the right decision, but it's a decision that I that I stand by, and I. It's one of the reasons that I love being able to jump from AAA into indie games because this is a space where you can make those decisions. Yeah. I love the idea. Yeah, it's a, it is a fantastic idea. I mean, the other thing too is, you know, when that when that concept starts reaching broader audiences, or maybe it gets the people who played the game, enjoyed the game, but never unlocked everybody, but now they're aware of wait, if I like do all of these things, I can get all these new modes, like. I want to do that. It can reinvigorate maybe people who liked the game but fell out of it, or people who weren't, you know, on the fence of buying the game or not, and they hear the way that this plays out. I mean, like, that gets me excited. Like, that would be a thing that if another, you know, if I heard of another game doing that, like, that would be a bullet point on the list of is this a game that I'm going to buy? Like, that is a, a tick in that checkbox there for me to want to pursue the game it makes real fans of the game be able to look at the people that say there's only one game mode look at them and be like well you must just suck at the game because there are more <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was cool in our slumber party before launch one of the things we did was you know everyone got a fresh copy of the game 
and everyone was racing to try to unlock as many characters as they could. Yeah. Now the new game modes are locked to the last four characters, so each of the last four characters has their own specific game mode whenever you play as them. Uh, and what we said is, if you're the first person to unlock that character, you get to debut the game mode to the world. That's really cool. That is awesome, yeah. So everyone was racing to be the first, because we hadn't announced any of them yet, and you know, be the first to unlock this character so that you can be the first one to stream you know, what that game mode actually looks like and what it is. That's cool. Yeah. And I feel like like none of that stuff is on like your website or social media, right? Like there's not like this isn't like plastered or any, anywhere for people to see. Um so we we did end up so they were all racing the clock before our launch trailer. So our launch trailer does show the the new game modes. Okay. Um so basically we knew our launch trailer was going to come out that morning that Nintendo was going to put it out. So everyone was racing the clock to so they could unveil it before Nintendo yeah, threw beat, out their launch beat trailer. Up. That's did, pretty cool. Did anybody do it or no all of them did i mean different people got each one but like every game mode got unlocked before 10 a.m that morning that's i mean that's pretty awesome like yeah super i mean there were so many close calls it was so uh so intense because there were people who uh like one of the characters you have to survive tonight 45 which is like really difficult um, and there were sure. so many people who got to like night 43 and then died oh. and they were like ah oh, come on almost did it you get big crowds gathering over the people that are like getting there, like getting close. Oh, completely. That's and awesome. another thing we did is we built Mixer integrations into this. Um, so I don't know if you guys are familiar with Mixer. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So um, I don't know if you guys have played with interactive buttons on there. So I, I'm aware of what they do and how people can use them on streams. I haven't used any myself, but I am aware of, of some certain games, what they do for them. Awesome. So we, we kind of took that concept and we're like, we want to be, we want to do the best mixer integrations because we think it's just a super cool way to interact with the game. Um, so if you're about to die and you're streaming on mixer, your audience can push a button and uh, drop a pulse ray, a big explosion that wipes out all the monsters. Or they can drop a teddy bear, which is like a decoy and all the monsters will go attack the teddy bear. Um, or they can hurt you and they can turn off the lights. Your character pulls out a flashlight and now your field of vision is super narrow. Um, or even spawn giant monsters to come and attack you, like Godzilla-style monsters. That's awesome. Um, That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So what, what we saw on launch day when people were playing on Mixer was like their whole audience wanted them to be the one to be the top of the, the leaderboards. Mm -hmm. So it was like everyone working together they i mean they were dropping teddy bear teddy bear teddy bear pulse ray pulse ray pulse ray teddy bear pulse ray like all working together and the you know the person who's playing it is kind of just running around a little aimlessly while their audience does all the work yeah yeah um or like other people who would be playing and their audience would be battling against each other where some of them kept spawning giant monsters and turning off the lights and the other ones would be like throwing down explosions to kill the giant monsters they, you know that people spawned. Yeah, see if that if I I was if I was like heavily invested into like a Twitch or Mixer community, someone's like stream, I would be like going to the other streams and raiding them and like trying to fuck up their 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 game. Completely. It, it kind of it was mind-blowing to actually see uh, just the like teamwork that everyone used together mm -hmm. um, and uh, and just like, you know, people really rallied behind it and it was so much fun to watch, especially like 
someone who's playing who's just in the middle of a battle with their audience and kind of sitting in the center just going, okay, I guess I'm going to see which side of this wins and see if I have to pick up the pieces with, you know, my Gatling gun or whatever. <laughs> now, does the, like, do these Mixer integrations, like, stay up forever? Like, if someone streams Sleep Tight on Mixer, is this something that they can still access or was it just for that night? No, it's, it's permanent. So uh, anytime, if you're playing on Steam and you're streaming on Mixer, you can just go to Options and turn on Mixer Interactive. It's pretty uh, sweet. There's a ton of things that you can do. I mean, you can, someone's about to die, you can drop health that just falls from the sky and saves them or drop ammo if they're running low. Um, you know, we really made it so that you felt like you were a part of the run and that the success of the player uh, was uh, based on the success of the audience. That's awesome. Yeah, that is, that is pretty sweet. So, Sleep Tight's here. It's fantastic. It's finally out. What are, what are the plans for We Are Fuzzy? Are you guys oh, like, man. like, what what is the next thing? Is it Sleep Tight 2? Is it DLC? Is it another project? If it, and obviously you. if there's stuff you can't talk about, this isn't like, no pressure. Have to talk. Yeah, there's no pressure here. <laughs> sure. Well, I'll, I'll say this, that, um, you know, we, we released less than two weeks ago. Yep. Yeah. Um, so what we kind of had planned was like, you know, we're, we're going to get to the finish line here. We're going to release, and then it's all hands on deck for a couple weeks to, um, you know, anytime a bug is reported, to fix it right away, same day. Mm -hmm. um, if we see strategies that are unbalanced, like be tweaking the balance to make sure that all strategies are equal at all times. Awesome. Um, collect feedback, get the community going, get the Discord up and running, like all of this stuff. So we kind of set ourselves like, you know, we're not going to talk about what we're going to do after sleep tight until we cross the finish line and give ourselves a couple of weeks of just like making sure that the game is polished and supported and that the, the community is taken care of and that we're, we're available and able to hear any and all feedback. For sure. I mean, that that's what some of the most successful AAA and small studios do is they listen to their community and they, they you know, fix bugs and they, they're active with their community. And ultimately that's what's going to keep people playing sleep tight for you know a long time completely and so th that was kind of our first priority after that all of us are taking a much needed and uh deserved, <laughs> deserved break yeah. very deserved um and then uh, one of the things i'm most excited about is you know when we when we get back from our little break um we're gonna have that 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 meeting of like sit down and say what do we want to do next um, is that sleep tight DLC? Is that uh, a sequel? Is that a completely different property? Um, you know, is that looking for other people's games and seeing how fuzzy can help them publish it now that we've kind of built a publishing pipeline? Kind of take a look at all of our options and all of our resources after, you know, letting sleep tight settle and see, see where we're at with resources mm -hmm. and kind of have that powwow and say, everyone on the team, what do we want to do next and what are we excited for? Is, is sleep tight is like a, tactical twin stick shooter like the game that you always wanted to make like was this the game it definitely is i mean i cannot tell you how long i've been waiting to make this game and so this isn't the type of project where i'm like great i got this one done now i can do what i really want to do yeah like that's not what this is for me this is the project i wanted to make we started on uh, top yeah yes so i think the the next step isn't like okay we already know what we want to do next it's more um okay let's see what our team wants to do now that you know 
an amazing team came together to make this happen. Mm -hmm. Is there like is there another style of game that you at some point think would would ever want to work on like another genre that appeals to you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I am really happy with our tower defense twin stick shooter. I don't think I need to make another tower defense twin stick shooter. <laughs> like we we did it. We did it the way that I always wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. um, that's not to say that I'm I'm done with the sleep type universe. Yeah. Like, I think it's a really fun world to explore, and, and there's a ton of opportunities for narratives and uh, expanding on this world. It, uh, I mean, it would be really interesting to see some other aspects of the world fleshed out, you know, in another form of a game in that universe. I mean, the art style... I, the thing that I love about games like Sleep Tight is that you guys clearly had a theme, an art style, an, an aesthetic, and you, you went all in, like... The whole thing is, you know, children fighting monsters under their bed. Like, it is between the the voice effects, the sound effects, the music, the, the visuals, everything about it is 100% all in. The, the transition screens in between loading, like, everything about it is, this is what we're doing. Like, I felt, I felt very immersed in that world and not, like, broken out as... Like, I'm playing a game. Yeah, that awesome. Thank you. Uh, we have, actually, on that note, we have an art book that I think is coming out this month. Okay. Um, but it, it's a full, like, I mean, there was so, we did so much artwork for this game that didn't make it into the final game. Uh, we really explored every aspect of this world. And, uh, and so that's going to be, like, for me, that was the cherry on top of this whole thing is to be able to hold a physical art book and say like, this is the complete sleep tight world. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, if we were going to do something else with sleep tight, um, I would want to probably switch up the gameplay um, and do a completely different gameplay genre in the same world. That'd be really uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I could see this as a dungeon crawler, honestly, like let's get out of the bedroom and like, let's go on like a down the neighborhood exploration, dungeon crawler, choose your kids. Yeah, whatever. That'd be awesome. Uh, but you know, I, I, I don't know what's next for us. I, I think, you know, there's a possibility that we do some sort of DLC and expand on what we have. There's a possibility of us switching up the gameplay and going after like a sequel that expands on this world or us completely mixing it up. Um, cause I'm also not opposed to fuzzy taking a look at what other worlds it's excited to create and what other art styles it can, uh, really go in and, and, uh, explore and, and build new worlds and new properties. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's one of the beautiful things about being an independent studio is that you guys have the freedom, granted there's certain barriers, but you have the freedom to, to really explore the things that you want to explore. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's honestly, that is why we created Fuzzy. You know, our mission statement with uh, We Are Fuzzy is to create without permission. And that's what I think we're really doing here is whatever we want to do next that we feel really good about, that we know that we can knock out of the park, uh, we're going to go after it and, and we're not really going to ask anyone for permission to do that. Awesome. Wow. That I feel like that, that, uh, that motto like almost fits with Sleep Tight as well. Like, yeah, definitely. Make it I mean, without permission, like yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's uh, for sleep tight for us was about um, connecting to the kid in all of us. Yep. Um, and and getting that childhood imagination and that feeling of just pure play and and feeling that just feeling like a kid again. And um, 
that that's that was our main mission with this and and hopefully that connects to the people who play it yeah for sure i mean it's connected with all of us for sure um so i do want to step away from sleep tight just for a little bit because i'm again i looking at a lot of the stuff that you've been involved with and then more of your personal stuff obviously sleep typing one of them but you know kit bash 3d is a big deal for for you <laughs> yes it is yeah um so it, it, it's essentially for the listeners who are maybe unaware of what kit bash is it's essentially a storefront where you and I'm, is it just you or do you is there a team of you guys that work on it or is it just you oh no we have a we have a, a big team behind it now um but it's essentially you're creating assets for other artists to use in their works yeah the idea is kind of like digital lego pieces okay um so we we wanted to create um sets of worlds so if you are uh an artist working in film and games or you know just anything digital and you're using 3d rather than having to if you want to create like a, a castle let's say rather than having to go and build every single window and door we're going to give you kind of this lego set of realistic windows doors arches towers all of this different stuff so that you can rather than building it all from scratch you can bring it all in and start bashing it together and forming the castle um, that you want to create that's pretty awesome so they basically are just licensing the art from you to use in their own own projects yeah, it's, it's hard because it's not like specific art, right? So we go after architecture styles. Okay. So, um, so you buy a kit just like you would buy a Lego set, right? Um, you buy a kit, it's yours to use for any projects that you have or any of your personal work. Um, and really the idea is to give you, if you're looking to do, you know, Batman, let's say, you'll grab our Art Deco kit and that'll give you all the pieces you need to build whatever city or uh, building or anything of that sort that you actually uh, want to create on your own. Okay. Yeah, and so with with that, we, you know, we we bring in like the top art directors and designers in the film and game industry. So we have, you know, art directors from Star Wars and Blade Runner and um, you know, Last of Us and Uncharted and all of that, and they all come in and either are using our kits in their day to day, or they're actually coming in and designing kits that then go on the store that anyone can use. Very cool. That that is awesome. And I'm also convinced at this point that you you literally must work on have some connection with every piece of media that exists, <laughs> because every every time. You know, I look through the list of things that you've done that's on your website, and then you'll throw out, like, oh, Star Wars, Last of Us. I'm like, you must literally know everyone. Um, it's it's really, um, it's amazing that I, I was at the right place at the right time when I started my career, when all of these, I guess, when building digital worlds was becoming a mainstream thing. Mm -hmm. um, and when digital was really taking over it was about maybe five or ten years after traditional painters would do everything just on paint and canvas or paint and glass um you know so it, it wasn't like i was right there when it turned but i definitely was there before like 3d really started to take off in that industry yeah um, and so because of that there was a very very small community of designers and artists um, that has grown pretty massively in the last decade um, so from that, I think um, just jumping around from studio to studios and, and having this small community and being there before it kind of blew up into this international community right now, um, I, I got to meet a lot of the people early in their careers and watch as they blossomed. 
um, and kind of go on this journey with them um, as I was given more and more opportunities to work on cool projects. It definitely doesn't hurt being as talented as you are. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so Kipash, it's funny, actually how it came to be is, is a good story that kind of relates to Sleep Tight. Um, we were walking into E3 last year and we were going to release Sleep Tight in September of 2017. And right when we walked in, uh, Banks, my partner and I, we got notifications that uh, Nintendo just made an announcement. We pulled out our phones and they announced Mario Rabbids and Pokémon Tournament both one week before and after Sleep Tight was supposed to come out. <laughs> and we were just like, we're going to get crushed. We're going to get completely obliterated. Um, and that was the last window to release a game before fall season kicked into full gear. Yeah. And like it was all AAA season. Um, so we literally were like a couple steps into E3, turned right around, walked right out. <laughs> and we sat at a cafe across the street and we're like, crap, what are we going to do? You know, we have our whole fuzzy team lined up and ready to go. We, you know, our marketing team and publishing team and website and all of this different stuff, like all ready to go. Um, we need to delay the game and we're not going to be able to release it this year, but we don't want to like lose our team. And so I had this idea for Kitbash for a while and I was like, you know, what if we switched gears? You know, I have this idea of these kind of digital Lego sets that I know all these artists in, in different studios really need. What if we started building these and release that in September instead? And that might be able to at least generate some income so that we could um, keep everyone afloat and delay the game for another year. And then also um, give us the opportunity to say, what else do we want to add and grow, you know, expand the game into. Yeah. Um, so we went for it and we launched Kitbash in September instead, pushed sleep tight to 2018. And luckily like Kitbash took off and, and has been this like beautiful company on its own right. And that team has grown and grown and grown. It's been able to support us as we like take sleep tight across the finish line. Um, as well as like be able to keep our team on for an extra year that we didn't have budgeted. So it's like an accidental success. Yeah, yeah, it's like the bastard stepchild that uh, <laughs> that ends up being the uh, the valedictorian. There you go. I mean, but, but just in hearing you describe of how it came about and why you chose to pursue. I mean, obviously there was the the release date debacle, but like you saw a need for something that people needed so you created it and it's kind of the same thing with sleep tight where you saw a style of game that no one else was making that you wanted so you had to make it yeah yeah it's definitely uh it's definitely a reoccurring theme where i'll wait a certain amount of time hoping someone else is going to do something <laughs> and then when they don't it's like okay i guess i have to go do that i guess it's my job yeah <laughs> So that's awesome. Um, so so Kit Bash is just another, uh, you know, thing that's going to continue to to be what you're working on. Yeah, you know, honestly, I, I love Kit Bash. It's, um, it's so much fun. You know, the mission, Fuzzy's uh, to create without permission and sleep tight is to connect to your inner child. Kit Bash is all about enabling and inspiring artists. Mm -hmm. And it's such a beautiful thing that we're able to do there of... Um, you know, a lot of the times new artists who are still learning, you know, one of our big things is constantly um, giving free training and connecting people all over the world with their favorite artists who work on their favorite projects and then doing live streams every single week, bringing on these awesome guests from 
every major movie or game, we, we bring them onto our live stream and they demo exactly how they work and how they do what they do and talk about how they got to where they did in their career. And they're able to answer questions and interact with um, everyone in our community. And just from that, in the last year, we've seen people from literally all over the world um, getting jobs from all the stuff they've learned, the portfolio that they've built with Kitbash from meeting um, people you know, that we connect them to on our streams or from the contests that we throw. And, and we just have like a, a, a constant like string of messages of um, people who, who started out and started learning from Kitbash who are now like working on awesome projects. Um, and it's just an, an amazing thing to get to uh, watch the success of other people and help in any way we can. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. It's, it's, if I was more artistically capable, I would probably be using that. If only. Yeah, if only. If only. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, clearly you have a love for all of these different mediums. Is there, like, I, I mean, you touch so many of them in, in different ways, whether it be through Kitbash or just through, you know, mutually working with all these people. Is there... A, an IP that exists that you'd want to take a swing at, whether it be, you know, creating art for it or working on something else or making a game? Is there something that would be like a dream IP for you to work on that you haven't already hmm. worked on? Man, that's a tough one. I feel like I literally, I spent, I, I spent the last decade chasing those IPs and then getting to work on them. Mm -hmm. uh, like I, I, that's like one of the most fortunate things about my artistic career. I, like I, I, I've gotten to contribute to the IPs that excite me already. Okay. Um, which is why it was time for me to go and start creating my own IPs and, and why it was time for me to make the leap and, and do something like Steep Type. For sure. That's exciting. I mean, that's exciting. That's like, you have a bucket list of things that you want to create for and you've been able to empty that bucket. Yeah, definitely. Fill the bucket. Uh, Is it fill the bucket or empty the bucket? <laughs> I guess I emptied I the bucket list. One yes, <laughs> that's a When it mixing a lot of metaphors, yeah, one around, one around. For it one bit. <laughs> we'll make it. Let's make a. No, right. whatever you're gonna say. No, all right, that's fine. Just wait. Me. Let me let me ask y'all though. I'm curious if you guys could work on any IP in any capacity, but be a part of any IP. What IP would it be? Oh boy, I'll go last. I already have my answer. Do either of you have an answer? Uh, I feel like Star Wars would be too easy of an answer. So that's going to be my answer, but fair. only because I'm in the middle of reading the new Star Wars uh, novel. That's fair. And I am like reading about like this new world that is going to become Star Wars land. Ooh. So in my head, I'm like building it on my own. That's pretty sick. Okay, that's fair. Uh, hmm. IP that I'd want to be involved in. It's probably one of those animes, Mike. What am I going to do in an anime? I can't or Batman. draw. I don't know. Ooh, or Batman. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's keep it simple. Let's just say something Marvel related. Mike, yeah. You can't even whittle it down? You're just going to say Marvel related? <laughs> yeah, because they pretty much knocked out of the park 100% of the time. I can't go wrong. So you're saying you want to be involved in like the movies or the comics or what? The movies probably. The movies probably. Or even the television show. Well, let's say movies. Agents they get a... of Shield. Yeah, it's a good show. 
I, you said that with like such or a any, or any of the Netflix shows. Well, yeah, yeah, that's why I, I led with Agents of Shield. Yeah, it's also a good show. I don't. I'm, I'm just asking, Mike. Yeah. Your questions are so bad. So you were part of a, a Star Wars, and you were part of Iron Fist, right? Iron Man. Iron Fist as well, right, Max? Yeah, uh, I didn't do anything for a Star Wars. Oh, I thought project. I, I could have sworn I saw Star Wars on your list. I did Star Trek. Oh, maybe that's what I saw. Uh, uh, Beyond? I've never been a big Star... Yes, uh, Star Trek Beyond. Yes. yes. Uh, I've never been a big Star Wars fan. I know it's like blasphemy. No. I mean, no, it's... Uh, I mean, everybody's got their little niche. Yeah. Um, but I did do Iron Man and I did do Iron Fist. Yeah. Brennan? <laughs> For Brennan? me, it would probably be... It would have to be a Nintendo property. Just because, like... Nintendo is, like, the sole reason why I care about anything nerdy. Um, like, thinking back to when I was younger, I literally can't... Like, when I think back to, like, the earliest memories that I can fathom in my brain, it always was my NES and playing Super Mario Bros. 3. Um, plus, if the story is true, my parents used to... When my mom was pregnant with me, she used to play NES with my dad late at night. So, and it was just ingrained in my being. That explains a lot. Yeah, um, <laughs> but if I had to pick a property, it would, it would honestly probably be Zelda. Zelda's probably my favorite video game franchise. I would, I would love to, to sink into that franchise in any capacity. That's awesome. Honestly, getting a Nintendo logo on Sleep Tight was probably one of the like best bucket list items. Like for me, Nintendo is such a huge part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was the one of the most ultimate bucket list things for myself. So I'm like, I clearly I'm creating a specific thing, which is you know podcasts and, and stuff like that. So the the chance of Nintendo co-signing something or whatever interacting with me, other than you know some sort of coming on the show or something, is is unlikely. But I wrote an article about my love for indie games and Damon Baker and Kirk Scott both like commented on it and like retweeted it. And that for me was like, holy shit, someone at fucking Nintendo saw my article. What is happening in the world right now? Like I've made it pretty much. I mean, that was like, (laughs) for me, that's like, all right, if I never get closer to Nintendo, that's good enough for me. Somebody there saw it. I'll tell you one of the most fun things, like when, you know, we've been, we've been running around all over the place with sleep tight for the last year um when we went up to the nintendo headquarters up in seattle um to sit down with kirk and take a look at everything kind of plan the release Mm -hmm. afterwards he was like okay guys do you want to go to the employee store (laughs) and we're like yes yes we do and he was like okay but like we only have 15 minutes and it felt like um like that old, sh- oh my god, I don't even remember the name of the show, but they'd give a kid a shopping cart in Toys R Us and he'd have to fill it up as fast as possible. Oh, what oh was yeah. the name of that show? That was, uh... So I'm thinking Supermarket Super Sweep in my head. Yeah, that was this was a different yeah. show for, like, kids. Yeah. They had one for show. kids, yeah. but it was Toys R Us. That's how I felt in the employee store at Nintendo. <laughs> like, Banks Filling and I bags were... Bags. Oh, yeah, we were sprinting through the aisles, grabbing everything we could. We were like... <laughs> How often are we going to get to be at the, like, Nintendo headquarters at the employee shop? Yeah. And, like, there's a ton of stuff you can only buy there. We're like, nope, I'll take that, I'll take that, I'll take that. We're just, like, 
pile in, buy as much stuff there as possible. I, I would have a heart attack if I went in there. I used to, like, be a part of some threads online that would, like, people would, like, post up things that were there, and sometimes they'd be like, all right, listen, you know, we'll we'll pick up some stuff for people. So it was always, like, a thing that I was like, oh, man, I'm just gonna watch her in the fucking rafters, and maybe <laughs> Walking someday. into the airport that day, we, I mean, Banks and I were like, Nintendo t-shirt, Nintendo hoodie, <laughs> Nintendo hat, Nintendo water bottle, four Nintendo bags with like plushies like hanging out of them and stuff. <laughs> everyone was, I'm sure everyone was looking at us like we were out of our minds. <laughs> what is, uh, what's your favorite Nintendo franchise? Now I just need to know. Or you could Ooh. just do like favorite game. You don't have to pick a franchise. I know that's not the easiest thing to. Oh man. Yeah, right, you can give a handful of games. How about that? <laughs> picking one is not like you when, know. I, I'll I, say that <laughs> I like the standard Mario games. Okay. Like, I think they have constantly reinvented the wheel with themselves. With like Super Mario Galaxy, all you know, Mario sixty four to Galaxy to um, to this, you know, Mario Odyssey, which I thought was the most charming thing in the world. I love like standard Mario. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I'm right there with you. Is you do you have a favorite Mario game? I honestly, I think Mario Odyssey actually took my number one spot. I yeah. grapple with that a lot. Prior to Odyssey, what what is your fit top? Uh, you know, prior to Odyssey, everything else was good, but not like nothing beat the magic of Mario sixty four for me. Okay. I can I can. Stand by that. I feel like most of the time in my circles of people, it's Super Mario World is like the resounding answer. And though it is a fine game, I think Super Mario Bros. 3 is my favorite. I have the most like love for that game, I think. But Odyssey is... God damn, it's a good game. I mean, that game, I, I picked it up and then started playing it and then didn't stop until it was done. You know, it was just one of those games where, like, well, cancel everything. Yeah. I am not leaving my place for the weekend. I'm, I'm not going to stop until this game is on, is completed. I was, I was pretty much in that same boat. Like, there were legitimate moments while I was playing that game that I, I like had an actual smile on my face, and I, I don't think many games do that. Yeah, like my my pants were charmed, <laughs> <laughs> and they were charmed right off of me. Yeah. Oh man, so. Are you a Smash Brothers guy? I am a Smash Brothers guy. So we got to direct tomorrow. What What do you want to see? Is there Ooh. like is there a character that you're pining for that you're like, this person needs to be here? I don't know how you could possibly fit any more characters into that. That is true. Like, it's the it's literally every character awesome. ever. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's definitely some some that I I would throw. I mean. I'm a big Super Mario RPG guy, so and I've been one of those Geno people for a while. So throw Geno in there, and I'm I'm a happy guy. I mean, I'm happy regardless. I love Smash, but yeah, um, I, I I don't know. It's it's hard to say because it seems like I don't know how I feel about the new Smash um, because part of me wanted them to reinvent the wheel, and I don't know if that's what they're doing right now. And I know that like that would piss off a lot of people. Yeah. But I guess I wanted to see the same thing that happened between, like, 64 and Melee. Okay. I wanted to see that jump happen here. Um, I don't know how you do that or what that even looks like, but it seems like this is more like a Greatest Hits album. Yeah. I mean, there there's some subtle changes to some of, like, the 
the more competitive um, mechanics. Mechanics, yeah, like the perfect blocking and stuff like that. So I can see that type of stuff for like the competitive scene, which the three of us take Smash a little bit too seriously with each other. So like I feel like that stuff for us is is kind of important to see some sort of change like that. But I I get what you're saying. The the leap from from 64 to Melee was pretty pretty substantial. Yeah, and the leap I think the leap from Melee to Brawl was kind of um not uh well received, it feels like. Yeah, Brawl's like the the bastard child. Um Yeah. I did like the single player though, the subspace emissary. I just liked the wackiness of like the cutscenes with like Snake and Peach, and just none of it made that much sense. But it was just fun to watch. This is what what I'm looking forward to. I guess is a um, I I want that moment of of the new Super Smash where you're just trying to unlock all the characters. Yes. And one of the things that has kind of disappointed me, like I love Mario Kart and Mario Tennis was surprisingly fun, but both of those by not having like that, I'm gonna unlock characters, I I feel like I missed something that I really wanted to experience. I'm, um, I'm right there with you. I mean, I think that unfortunately, the majority of people just want everything at the beginning. Like they just want it all there. They don't wanna have to go through an unlock. And I feel like that's, the way most of these types of games just are now, um, whether it be fighting game or, or racing game or whatever. Um, but I, I do miss that, like having to play through, like play through a mode to unlock somebody or, you know, complete certain requirements on a run of like arcade mode or classic mode to get, you know, Ness to challenge you or something like that. Yeah, it, you know, I mean, actually, we, we looked at Super Smash Brothers, like, a new challenger approaches when we were designing, like, the interfaces for Sleep Tight when you unlock a character in it. And going back and watching those got me so excited about it. And it was around, I don't know, like, a couple months later, I was playing Mario Tennis, and I saw all the characters were unlocked, and I was just like, what, what's the point? Like, yeah. what's... So I want that. Where's the challenge? Yeah. I mean, for me, with Mario Tennis, the game itself is fantastic, but knowing that the single player was kind of so-so and that you didn't really unlock much from doing it, it gave me zero momentum to go towards that mode. Yeah, yeah, completely. And, I mean, that kind of goes back to, like, the tough decision we had to make with Sleep Tight and why I stand by it even more of, like, let's not give everyone up front. Like, not give everyone everything up front. Let's, let's make people work for it mm -hmm. and have to complete these challenges to get these characters and have to push themselves so that you get that feeling of accomplishment when you do. Give people a challenge and like make them really explore the game to like yeah. get the get the most out of the game. Yeah, if you're really good at sleep tech like when I'm playing if I play with a whole new computer and like all the characters aren't unlocked, I can get maybe six characters unlocked in a single run. Jesus. <laughs> wow. So, just because like I know the game really well, I know exactly what you need to do. Yeah. Uh, that's to say that like, if you know the game, it's not like impossible to unlock the characters. It's it's yeah. just the character unlocks come from you understanding and learning all the different mechanics. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want Dexter who gets a boost to super power uh, to power ups, uh, the way you unlock him is to have every power up active at the same time. So it forces you to actually explore and try out the power-ups. And once you've tried them out, you get the character. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like it's it's a, a mind-blowingly complicated thing there. 
Um, it's just, you know, it requires you to try out a new game style in yeah. order to get it, but you still feel like that sense of accomplishment when you did it. Um, and I mean, that's something that you could have done with Mario Tennis, I think, not that I'm like anywhere near the designers of Mario Tennis, but, but what would have made me really happy with it as like, okay, get, uh, you know, 40 backhand swings and like beat everyone without using this move, like complete a match without using any specials yeah. or whatever it is to like force you to do something different. And then if you do that, then you get a character around that idea. Yeah. I mean, the thing you were, you're describing there, like obviously it doesn't work for every game for that can work for a lot of games. And I think that comes down to like smart game design and not to say Nintendo doesn't have smart game design because they, they do in most they're, cases. They're the masters. Yeah. They're the masters of game design. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the way that you roll out things, new characters and stuff in Sleep Tight, like that inadvertently is teaching the player how to utilize all of these different tactics and ideas and strategies without, like, a menu popping up saying, do this, and now do this, and now do this. Yeah, complete, I mean, I now I feel like a douche because I can I compare <laughs> Sleep Tight to Mario Tennis and like it's how not much Mario Tennis sucks and how much Sleep Tight is way <laughs> that, better. That we is not at all my intention. No, it's, it's no, no, no. When we had uh, when we had uh, Yacht Club Games on here, uh, they what did they shit on? They shit on a lot of design choices in Breath of the Wild. So you're fine. You're good. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not even shitting on, <laughs> yeah, on Mario Tennis. I played no, the crap out of it. <laughs> Poking fun. Um, I, I would. Uh, in terms of sleep tight, you know, with the tutorial, I will say like, tutorials are one of the hardest things to design uh, by far. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that was the most challenging thing to design here. And what we ended up doing, we realized very quickly that um, no one reads text on screens. It's just it isn't going to happen. Um, and, and we used all of our events. Like when we'd go to PAX South or PAX East, every time we went there, um, we'd roll out a new tutorial um, because we'd get like a, a whole fresh new batch of people who had never played Sleep Tight before so we could see if the tutorial works or not or what questions they'd have afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, we must have gone through maybe 10 iterations of that opening tutorial to try to teach uh, people things, um, try to like get people started on the right foot with the game. Mm -hmm. And we kind of ended with this idea of like, okay, look, we're not going to be able to do this completely naturally. Like Sleep Tight has a ton of complexity in it and we need to do, you know, we need to explain two different resource economies and like four different, you know, stations that all have completely different game modes with, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, not game modes, uh, play styles, like a, a ton of stuff. And we wanted to introduce it to everyone um, in a natural, quick way, not a 30 minute tutorial. Yeah. Um, so we kind of narrowed it down to like, how do we get this done in, um, I think it was, we landed the sh at two minutes, like the whole tutorial is two minutes, but it's not like a here, um, you can't play the game. You just have to go through this two minute tutorial. It's uh, the first two nights. It just has like specific instructions and everything's locked except for the path that we need you to follow for the first two nights. Mm -hmm. Once you make make it through that, then you're off and going. Yeah. Um, and like in those nights, we're going to make sure that you buy a shield, you buy some ammo, you build a wall, research turrets, and build a turret. And if we can teach you how to do those things uh, while not stopping your progression of playing the game, then like we have succeeded in our minds of like teaching you the game in a natural way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, with with certain types of games, like, just putting mechanics in the game to 
like force you to do stuff isn't always going to work like this is a game with a lot more complexity and nuance than just move around and jump um but yeah i i, I feel like that is you look at a game like donkey kong mm-hmm. like talk about like masters of game mechanics um and like masters of teaching you how to use the game mechanics like every single level starts with like Okay, you're gonna jump on a leaf here. Okay, once you jump on a leaf, you learn that it like moves up and down. Okay, great. Now here's jumping from one leaf to another leaf. Okay, now you understand that. And then, okay, now here's fire. If you touch fire, then it'll burn you, whatever. And then it starts combining those mechanics where you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I learned that a leaf moves up and down and I learned that fires can set this on, you know, this aflame, whatever. Combining all of those mechanics without saying a single word and showing you incredibly complex game mechanics and, and combinations, and then every single level they completely clear the slate and start over with brand new mechanics. Mm-hmm. It's it's mind blowing when you think of the game design of, a, of something like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's a lot of examples and stuff like that. You know, the, one of the famous ones is the first level of Super Mario Brothers, where the block layout is purposely put so that you will most likely jump on top of a Goomba so that you know you can jump on top of these things and kill them. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's it's something that shows constantly that Nintendo, are, are, you know, the language that Nintendo speaks is game design. Mm-hmm. They speak it so fluently and effortlessly. Um, you know, it's it's really mind-blowing. They kind of set a gold standard that I, uh, that I hope to one day be able to um, cre- create at that level. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely on the right track. So, Thank you. before we wrap things up here, there's there's a question that has become a thing that we now ask everybody. But I guess I have to preface it first with: Do you ever partake in fast food? Uh, I am a dabbler. Okay. Um, I hope right. less and less every day. Th- that's you're making better choices for your life. Um, so this this all started long ago with a squabble we had on, on the podcast just about. Views and takes on different fast food establishments. So without giving you any of our opinions on what we like and dislike, do you have a go-to? Do you have a favorite? I know California had. You're in California, right? I am. I know California has some stuff that is not on the East Coast, so that's fine if you choose one of those places. But yeah, In-N-Out's pretty overrated. I'm not gonna lie. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, I will say, okay, yes, I do have a favorite that I think is an East Coast chain that, you know, is pretty new here, actually. Um, I would go with, if I had to choose one fast food place, I would choose Five Guys. Five Guys? So, I, you are saying that Five Guys is better than In-N-Out Burger? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Oh, wow, those are some big words. Oh, I, did I stutter? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, wow, I feel, I feel like... Anytime I talk to somebody, whether they live on the West or have been to the West, it's always In-N-Out is like the the Michelin star and everything else can go fuck themselves. Well, that's because you always want what you can't have, right? That's also true, I guess. Mm -hmm. And also, just to clarify, we're talking fast food. We're not talking like fast casual. We're not talking Chipotle here, right? No, no, no. So we were initially talking more like McDonald's bar. But Five Guys, because we... We have so many, we, we kind of, we were always trying on this quest to basically decide, like, of all of these fast food establishments that serve burgers, like, who has the best burger? And 
I feel like we had to break it into subcategories where there's like, you know, McDonald's and Burger King, those are in like, those types of places are in one group. And then a step above that would be like Five Guys and In-N-Out Burger. And I don't know if you have Shake Shack over there or... Uh, I feel oh, like man. there's... I, feel I didn't like even think of Shake Shack burger. in the mix. Oh, Tasty Burger. But I think that's a... I think that's only, only an East Coast chain. Yeah, Wait, so are, are are we talking bottom of the barrel fast food then? Are we talking McDonald's, Burger King, yeah, let's, Carl's, let's, Jack let, in the Box? Yeah, let's start there and then we'll move up in, so you can solidify unless you want to change to Shake Shack. No, I'm going to stick with my five guys in my upper ring. It's good. It's good. I'm yeah. on board with that. Yeah, I'm a big fan. And I have uh, eaten in an oat burger. It's not bad, but five guys is my jam. Okay. I'm glad we're on the same page here. Well, things can go very sour quickly with the bottom of the barrel stuff. So, uh, see, the bottom of the barrel is tough for me because no matter what, I'm gonna feel really horrible afterwards. Yeah, that's uh, true. I, I guess if I had to choose one of the bottom of the barrel ones, and it doesn't, I, just, and I, it doesn't just have to be about burgers. Like this is for the bottom of the barrel stuff. It can be, you know, they have the best chicken sandwich, and that's or just the best overall menu. Cool. Because when you get to the bottom of the barrel stuff, it's like. These guys are always trying to outdo each other with whatever nonsense. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm gonna have to go Carl's Jr. for the bottom of the. Uh, you know, is that is that within the runnings of the bottom of the barrel? That's that's fair. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we can put that in the mix. We don't okay, we okay. don't have them up here, but I am Wait, familiar. In New Hampshire, though. You no, what no. Do you, you have parties though, right? Uh, not quite up here, but but I'm familiar with the chain. Okay. Well, I'm curious. What where where do you guys land? Mike, you can lead it off. You said what now? Bottom of the barrel. Fast food. You gotta pick it, the goat. It depends on my mood. Oh, this fucking guy. He's always got all these variables. I'm, I'm a very complicated man. I'm sorry, just, I can't just... You can't just paint me with one Alright, well then let's get Mike's pick of the night then. You're tonight. I'm gonna I'm gonna Uber Eats you whatever you want. Well, Uber Eats only has McDonald's, so... Yes. <laughs> Fuck you, Mike. I'm gonna get in my car and drive wherever you want. What do you, what do you want? Uh, I think just to make your life miserable, let's go to the, find the furthest Burger King that's open. You're a clown. Dom, where you at on this argument here? Um, I don't know where I stand right now. I do have an interesting story. Ooh. Went to McDonald's recently and was told that I couldn't get a burger because their grills were down. <laughs> so you had one job to do. Yes. So I could not get any burger at McDonald's. What, what are you guys offering me right now? We have plenty of Happy Meals if you want some of those. Well, just the toys. Can I get a shake? Oh, our ice cream machine's broken too. Yeah, the ice, Wait, ice, cream, ice cream machine never works. So talk about brought here on the false assumptions. Now, I was uh, given the assumption that this was a conversation that was ongoing between y'all. It, it, it is. It, we, haven't, and, we haven't brought it up And yet in a while. there's no solid answers here. We haven't brought it up in a Brennan's while. Brennan's oh, no, a fucking call. fib. No, because I have my answer and it stays the way it is. If we're talking just strictly like who has the better like food overall, I would probably say McDonald's. But Wendy's is very close. Ooh. Burger King just doesn't fucking count, Mike. Burger King is fucking trash. Yeah, I think yeah, Burger King's the Del Taco of burger joints. Yeah, I Do think you I think, think I know what a Del Taco is? I think I pick Burger King over McDonald's <laughs> as well. You would put, but I'd probably pick Wendy's over the other two. Wait, you would put Burger King over McDonald's? Hmm? No. All right, Brian. Burger King's go got out, that. Go fake... out there and get my burgers. Listen, burger. burger King's got that fake. They got the rodeo cheeseburger. Oh. They, they have garbage. 
Wendy's has the best spicy chicken sandwich. Remember the time they had the black burger? That was disgusting. That was terrible. Still you, got you know what? I will months. say, though, the further away you get from civilization, the better the fast food joints get. I, I can imagine that. Yeah, yeah, I'm down with that. Like, if you're in the middle of Nevada desert, like, 100 miles away from Vegas or something like that, and you go into, like, a Burger King... It's a friggin' palace. Yeah. There are like <laughs> Roman pillars. They got chefs. Like, they got like actual chefs in the back. Yeah. Oh yeah, the best chef of yeah. the town is over there yeah. cooking up, you know, some fancy burger of the day until and the grill breaks. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The the, the the thing that I was always just shocked by the first time I went to Europe and I went into a McDonald's because I feel like you just have to do stuff like that. Oh, they had the Royale yeah, cheese. They had very different menu items, like things that like. They had funny names too. It was like the the bacon McBacon and stuff. It's just weird, <laughs> weird things. I'm like, is this what you think Americans want? Because I want one. Yeah, because you're not wrong. Them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Max, I know it's getting to that time. We appreciate you coming on, hanging out with us for a little bit, talking fast food, talking sleep tight. It's been a pleasure. Anything uh, I love hanging with you guys, man. Appreciate um, it. Yeah, I'm. I'm hopefully. Uh, hopefully, we get to do this before I go off and make an, another game for the next couple of years. I, I hope hope to see you next year. At, uh, are you coming to PAX next year? I should be there for one one reason or another. Nice, perfect. Yeah, we we'll, we we'll, we'll definitely link up then uh, to buy you a couple of beers. And awesome. A, and a Burger King burger. No Burger King. Fun. Not get get that nonsense out of here. But, uh, That's bottom of the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, it's it's not even. On well, the list. I mean, going to McDonald's and you can't get a burger. I don't know what you expect. Yeah, I mean, you, you're you're. <laughs> I've always gotten a burger from Burger King. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm just confused because I I don't know if you ever looked in the back of a McDonald's, but don't they just have drawers that they pull the meat? Yeah, but out now of? they have these new burgers. They're like not. Oh, the double quarter pounder. I the quarter pounder has like I new meat. Air quotes, new meat. Uh, but take this time, Max. Plug anything you want to plug, personal uh, or business or whatever, where pe- where people can find you, find Sleep Tight, find Kit Bash, whatever you want to plug. Awesome. Uh, I'll give you all of it. Uh, check out Sleep Tight. You can go to sleeptightgame.com or follow us on Twitter at Sleep Tight Game. Um, me personally, you can check out my work at maxberman.com. And. Uh, that's Max M A X X, and you can find me on all socials at Max Berman. Um, yeah, and Kitbash3D.com. That's all of my stuffs. Awesome. Well, Max, yet again, thank you for coming on the show. We really do appreciate it, and uh, hopefully, we will talk to you sooner rather than later. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Have a fantastic day. You as well. And thank you all for listening to this week's episode of the Pass Control Podcast. As always, you can find us on the internet at PassTheController.io, on Twitter and Instagram at PassController, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash PassController. And thanks again for listening to this week's episode.